0: Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 3, titled Phenomenon. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one sensuous, synophilist. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I'm like, no, bitch, that's not gonna work. You can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. You can't have too many choreographers on the dance floor. To Taylor the latte boy hello taylor the latte boy hello
1: joseph how are you
0: i'm doing very very well uh you know uh taylor just got two new dogs well now uh, yeah. got two dogs and we yeah. talked about that and uh what else did we talk about Abfab. we talked about a murder mystery yes. so much yeah a murder mystery um Abfab game movie. Involving a friend? What'd you say? (laughs) Involving a friend? Yeah, involving a friend. We talked about uh, First Wives Club. We talked all about that on Just Between Us Girls, which is available over at uh, patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. And uh, you can go there. There's so much content there. You have Drag Race UK, which we'll talk about in a second, without commercials and with bonus content. You got uh, this show with Just Between Us Girls and No Commercials. You got The Rumor Mill. You got um, Shady Pines if you're an exclusive feed. You have Throwing Down and uh, The Tea. So much content for so little, Taylor. So go over to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. But for now, I actually want Taylor, just very briefly, very briefly, and, and mostly really in service to plug our other show, which is Drag Race UK, which. By the time you're hearing this, we've already had our first episode drop, uh, but, uh, did, but I want to get your, your quick, the quickest take, the quickest take, Taylor, on the first episode of Drag Race UK.
1: First race to Drag Race UK, I was, I know people loved it. I was a little underwhelmed. I wasn't necessarily a big fan of. No, nobody nobody with the exception of lawrence kind of stood out to me as somebody that i really kind of wanted to see more of mm-hmm. um and they all kind of looked alike to me <laughs> it was like i had a hard time figuring out who everybody was mm-hmm. um but I, I i mean i enjoyed i enjoyed the last season of Draggers uk and i kind of feel like i felt similar last year with it it's just weird watching two two different series of the same show back to back thursday night and friday night mm-hmm. like that's the part that i'm good there's going to be times that i'm going to be looking for certain queens on certain shows and i don't quite get why they're doing it this way but it, no, no one asked me but I'm, I'm enjoying it i just i i liked last night's episode of the the flagship show more than the first episode of draggers uk what about you
0: Worst podcast plug ever. Let me tell you this. it's <laughs> fine. I don't know if I don't really like it. I don't want to keep watching. Uh, let me tell you this.
1: I never what- said i wasn't going to keep watching. I, I'm i obviously – I watch all of them. I love all of them. Yeah. And I listen to all of our shows, all of the Afterthought Media shows about it. I just – you asked me what I thought yeah. of Drag oh, Race UK. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well,
0: I'm going to say a few things about the episode. Uh, and hopefully Ben and Fraser, because I was texting with them yesterday as I was watching – uh, Drag Race UK is um is a uh I actually like the this cast of girls. I see what you're saying, Taylor, but I like this cast of girls. I think on the whole better than this cast of season 13. Like in other words, I like that they're kooky. I like. I think they're pretty witty. You know. Uh huh. Uh, and I I I think there's a, like that Scottish one. You know. Well, I know there's Lawrence. two Scottish one. Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I think he's fantastic uh I like this jiminy limony or whatever her name is. I don't know what her name is right I like her I like all the kooky ones right mm-hmm. um but let me tell you I'm gonna take a couple of things they did this mini challenge with the Brit crew <laughs> and they brought out this uh Prince Harry meets Nick Jonas Brit crew guy. He was uh-huh. so fucking hot. I could not take my eyes off him. I don't even know what happened in those pictures. I couldn't stop staring at him. I thought he might be up there. There've been some hot ones. He might be up there with one of the hottest uh pit crew boys ever. Like really? I, oh, oh, be like he is my type to a T. Like so fucking hot. Like I couldn't. I really couldn't stop staring at him. Like oh, 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 oh. oh. I, I'm gonna go masturbate right now. I'll be right back. Then. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, too, because, you know, they would be like, oh, I'm from Shupshire, you know, like all these different places, right? And then they did the right. runway where they did um, the, where they were from, an iconic place from where they're from. And there are two yeah. people from Nottingham. And they came out in this Robin Hood attire. And I wrote to Ben and Fraser about this, who are the hosts of our Drag Race UK show. And I said, I legit never knew Nottingham was a real place. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that I thought it was like Hogwarts, right? And yeah. that it was like mm-hmm. a fictitious place. Right. And two, that uh, I even, I saw them say it as they entered. And I registered that they're from this place called Nottingham. I did not even connect Robin Hood until they walked down the runway and they were making their dumb puns about Friar Tuck and stuff like that. And I was like... yeah. Oh,
1: you didn't get that? That was they were doing. What did you think they were doing? Peter Pan?
0: No, no, no. no. Why well, did even register so and start making the jokes? I was like, oh my god, Robin Hood of share, you know, the sheriff of Nottingham. Oh my god, And yeah. I, I was, flo- I was gobsmacked. I literally texted the Drag Race UK boys, Ben and Fraser, and and I think they thought I thought Nottingham was like a magical college because then they. <laughs> Because Ben answered me as if like, oh no no no! Like he answered, he I don't think he got that I meant. I just I was, I don't know it was really. I will find out. But yeah. but I will say, watching the episode, I'm kind of excited to hear the Drag Race UK because they say shit. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. How did Daniel and I last year do this show? Because I don't know what the <laughs> to, the fuck they're talking about this show. They're like, oh, it's like me. I'm Amanda Buttonton, and they're like, who? <laughs> right <laughs> who are you who who's this person so that's why we have ben and fraser on drag race uk to translate it for us all
1: yes so make sure and check out that Decipher. show Decipher the codes for all of us yes Decipher
0: the code uh be- besides that taylor is there anything you want everyone out there in podcast land to know before we get into this
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> no let's get let's get to the episode. Alright, this week, the pork chop queens return for the second chance. For the mini challenge, the girls show off two looks, a the theme, Lady and the Vamp. In the maxi challenge, the queens record and perform original verses and choreography to RuPaul's song Phenomena. On the runway, the category is, we're here, we're sheer, get used to it. After RuPaul announces that nobody will be eliminated this week, Denali and Rosé go head to head in a lip sync battle for the win. In the end, Denali puts Rosé on ice and takes home a cash chip of 5,000 doulas as the girls get ready To merge with the winner's team Tell the Latte Boy name two things you liked about the episode And one thing you did not
1: I liked this episode I liked this episode just in general It was was fun I've always been somebody who's enjoyed More Mm -hmm when you focus on the B group versus the A group. Mm-hmm. And I know that right now they're kind of considered to be the B group because they all lost the first lip sync. So mm-hmm. I think that the community that the that the six of them created was actually mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Um I always enjoy the looks. I mean we talked about this last week it kind of is because it is sort of a cookie cookie cutter of the two mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so I would say that I I definitely like that I liked all the looks. I thought the performance for this one was better than last week's I thought, on general, that it was a better group performance. Uh, so those are the two things I like. The one thing I did not like was the the editors this week were trying so hard with the manipulation, so hard, particularly when with you talk about Kamora, with the getting being late and making it look like they were going to do the show without her, and then just the whole thing is, just, and, and I mean they made it look ridiculous where you where you thought that it was going to be where like are they going to do this where she doesn't get to go but they, they were showing promos of her walking down the runway for the last couple of weeks so you knew at some point she was going to walk down the runway uh, with the tea i'll talk
0: more about this when we get to this segment but i have a lot of stuff to say about this i mean i appreciate what they're trying to do but uh uh-huh. yeah uh okay first thing that i liked is um i'm going to split one of them in that uh, basically two personalities uh i was surprised by because you know i wasn't a fan from meet the queens of this joey j and i don't mm-hmm. know how far she's gonna go cut to i really know exactly how far she's gonna go but i'm saying that here <laughs> uh but i don't know how far she's gonna go but i really like her personality i just think her she has great confessionals uh mm-hmm. and it's a very it's a positive personality but it uh, but unlike jan i feel jan had a similar thing going on but like unlike jan she's not treacly she's not overly sweet where it seems contrived it feels genuine it feels like this is who joey j is and it feels authentic where with jan it felt like this is something i'm doing because i want to have the jan to see you know yeah meanwhile i want her jan from this show i'm supposed to be (laughs) Anyway, do you think she goes like she goes like oh like uh my head I, I hit my head I need a a cat Jan you know <laughs> do you think she does dumb things anything that rhymes with that yeah
1: I'm going to make dinner tonight can you hand me those pots and jans yeah yeah do you think she just yeah exactly yeah
0: um anyway uh the other thing by splitting it Tamisha man what great quips she has throughout the entire yeah. episode. You know? yes
1: i i appreciate i enjoy the fact that i was as wrong about her as i am i i think that okay i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead yeah
0: that's all i had to say go ahead. okay okay and the other thing i, I liked was uh this nicole buyer
1: that's who the good great, great nicole no, buyer is so hit or miss for me um, i love her and then there are times where I'm like, stop shouting at me. Yes. When she does the screaming thing, that's where I get over it.
0: Well, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. The reason I point out that I liked her here, I'm one of these people who, I love to cook, I love to bake, and all that stuff like that. So the idea of Nailed It is very mm-hmm. appealing to me. And I've, I've seen the first season or two, maybe even the first two seasons, and just thought it was so yeah. hilarious of what they came up with. The part I didn't like about Nailed It, now maybe she's grown into the role, but, um... I know you guys are all making fat jokes in your head, and that's rude.
1: But... <laughs> we know that because I watched you make a fat joke in your head <laughs> and then your yourself. But, uh, but I find her
0: grating unnailed it to the point where I can't watch the show anymore. I really find her unwatchable nailed it. However, yeah, and it
1: seems like she got worse and worse as the seasons went on to where we stopped watching it because oh, really? I couldn't deal with her. Yeah, I couldn't deal with the yelling. Okay. So, okay.
0: But on That'll... this show, which is so funny because she said – They, they didn't put a lot of, cause people, guys, everyone, they edit this. So they, she, I'm sure, I'm sure she had some great quips when they were walking on the runway. They didn't put them in, but her critique lines were very funny. Yes. So, so I like their overall judge because I I like any judge that knows what they're, that they're not just because their publicist had them go on the show, that they genuinely like the show. They're always going to be a great judge. The one thing I didn't (laughs) like, and we'll talk about this very soon. And you kind of pointed to this, isn't that like, the other team is like, they're the B squad, whatever, right? And I'm like, bitches, you don't know they did better than you in this episode. Yeah. They outperformed you. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Those are the two things. I like the one thing I didn't uh, – in the workroom first after the previous episode, the winner's team enters to treat, to de-drag. Congratulations, Simone, for your win. Meanwhile, Elliot with two Ts would eliminate all the other queens if given the chance, and the pork chop queens are christened the B squad by a team – that includes Candy Muse. The Pork chop Queens enter for the first time. <laughs> yeah, how is any team? How is any team with Candy Muse on it? Okay. How is any team I love with Candy this is Muse? The hill on
1: you're going to die on. I love this. Okay, go ahead.
0: Calling somebody else the B Squad. How were they? Right. It's almost like I if I were on the the Winner's Circle, I'm going to call it. I don't know, I don't know if the Twenty Fifth Amendment applies there. But I would have used the 25th Amendment to eject this candy muse from the team. <laughs> <laughs> did you see, did you see on this Twitter, on this Twitter, she goes, did you see this? She goes, she goes, yeah. I, I, I could pull it up on Discord or whatnot. Maybe, can somebody put copy the tweet she put about uh, comparing her to Silky Nutmeg and can someone put that in the Discord right now for me? Uh, so I have to go searching for it. Um, but she goes on this Twitter, right? And she's like, uh, uh, she's like, uh, uh, oh, you know, it's. so I'm going to read it right now, so I'm waiting for the picture to come up. But something along the lines, until I read it, paraphrasing that essentially it must be because they're POCs and fat that they are comparing her to silky nutmeg ganache, and everyone's like, no, it's because you're an annoying bitch, just like her, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're great. And and I'm I'm not holding back because did you see this? I know this isn't the rumor mill, but I'm going to talk about this right now. This silky nutmeg ganache. You know she went to Puerto Vallarta, okay? Oh, uh, did she? Yeah, and then she did a live. She did a face, an Instagram live, Facebook live, whoever, something live, right? And she goes, "I'm not dealing with you." And all I got to say to this is, "I did what I did with no regrets." And if you want to be mad at anybody, your president of the United States has done nothing for the coronavirus. If you ain't holding him accountable, don't don't, don't come at me. And, and I'm all like, no, you have to be personally responsible. You can't blame. That is such a fucking deflection that because you're a stupid bitch and went to Puerto Vallarta and didn't wear a mask, that is Trump's fault? I don't even understand the logic of that, right? So I have the quote here. This is what Candy said. "Quote: Y'all realize y'all call me the new Silky because we're both brown and big girls, right? The microaggression. Literally two episodes in, and I have yet to even argue with anyone. Um, somebody pointed, out, and I know exactly who. This Spiral Queen. And I told her I'm going to steal this line. Right? Mm-hmm. Said I don't see anyone comparing you to
1: Latrice. You know? Yeah. No. I was going through my head as far as there there are big girls." That have been on the show Big Girls of Color that people love. And Latrice is the, is the first one that comes to mind.
0: Yeah. Stupid Candy Muse with her. No, because you're both fucking loud and annoying and stick your nose in business that you shouldn't. Candy Muse, I can't with her. Anyway. The Pork Shop Queen. <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> do me a favor while I read this or at some point in the show. Okay, I don't want to go here because I don't like to read our iTunes reviews because they're always mad at me because I don't like Silky Nutmeg Ganache or Candy Muse. I just mm-hmm. need the number of reviews. I want the number of reviews coming to do something. I just want the number of view- of iTunes reviews that we have. Just the number. Not the not the rating. Just the number of reviews. Okay. Candy. All right. Anyway, the Pork Chop Queens enter for the first time as a group and are ready for their redemption. They marvel as they see each other for the first time out of drag. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge, a two-look runway called Lady and the vamp now we're not at the mini challenge yet taylor we're just in the oh look we're just talking and just everything that happened here i know i just did my own rant here but did you have anything to say about either the a squad and coming in and saying this horrible shit or anything i just talked about or or the b squad the pork chop crew you know uh do do you have anything to say about them coming in and what they were talking about anything here taylor
1: um thought that the the fact that they said you know they're trade of the season, <laughs> oh yeah, I would agree with that i think this is i think this is a much cuter group than the other than the other mm-hmm. group um for the most part uh and if it, it feels like the bond is already there between them more so than the other bond the bit between the other groups and yeah. you could tell that almost immediately like they, they've all had a they've all had a joined you know A mutual trauma at the same time of being you know the first ones that go to the pork chop lounge so it it was nice to see them kind of all walk in already all friendly
0: yeah yeah okay so um now a couple corrections you know here in nami's correction corner uh yeah if you you should know we have a (laughs) listener named nami harder and he likes to correct us and in Mm -hmm. nami correction corner uh Actually, this was not Nami Harder. This was Eve Adams who told me this, but I guess they did, uh, Candy and Gottmik did a live. Cause last week I, we, you and I, well, I laughed because Gottmick was like, how do they know I am, like, what am I don't know what to do? I haven't told anybody. There was an explanation. Right. So I guess the girls were told in advance to write these lyrics and record them. And so, uh, so they, did, they actually did it before they walked in the workroom, I think, supposedly. And so Gottmik had already written the lyrics and recorded. And so when they were doing it, it was like, oh shit, I didn't know that, you know, I'd done this already, but I didn't know this is happening now, you know? So they had, had done it okay. before they worked. They, they, they had done it in pre-production.
1: So, so, but then why did they have them writing their lyrics? If not, being so, ref-
0: I don't know what to write. This is so confusing. I are just
1: not writing
0: lyrics. Okay. There's so constantly so much faking on this show. I know. Well, look, we'll, we'll wait, yeah. wait, wait to the Kamora part. There's a part that I'll prove to you is faking. I'll, I'll prove it to you on the Kamora part. Mm-hmm. But it uh, didn't even take like, oh, I know production crime from Hollywood. Nothing like that. It's just from watching the fucking show. You know, they're making shit up. Anyway. Yeah. Elliot's the one with this B squad. Bitch, you were in the B squad. In fact, not only were you in the B squad, they thought you were weak enough to get your C squad. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, yeah, we're the B squad. She goes, and RuPaul put me here. No, they didn't. They put you in the C squad. They put you at get out. And then RuPaul just shuffled you over there. And it was one like RuPaul's, like she's special, (laughs) Elliot with two T's. (sighs) Okay, Taylor, do you have the number of
1: reviews that we have yet? we currently have I have ratings I don't know that I have yeah, yeah ratings. ratings ratings number of ratings sorry we have 370 ratings okay perfect 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 alright
0: so as you should you know everybody was gagged to find out that uh, a former drag race contestant season 4 icon Dieter Ritz listens to our show She's actually quoted us before, so I knew she listened to the show, but she quoted us again about the information that was removed from the show. But she doesn't say who the queen is. She, and if you want, you have to go to Rich's uh social media to find out what she said, but she mentioned uh, what we said in the, that, that excised information. But here's what I'm saying, Taylor. I like to do this once a year. So this is a good little game Here is If mm-hmm. you're listening on the public feed right now, or no, even if you're listening on Patreon, I don't give a shit, right? Anyway, Patreon should you should do this anyway. I want to get to 500 reviews, preferably five stars. Um, I don't know. Why I said the secret. I want to get to 500 <laughs> ratings. Okay, if we uh-huh. the, the moment we hit 500 ratings, I will publish that excised scene on the public feed. But we have to get the 500 ratings, so it could be tomorrow. I don't know. That makes you know or it could be in 10 weeks or never. But when we hit mm-hmm. 500 ratings, the reward is I will publish that missing information about what happened and that Dieter Ritz even was like, "Oh my gosh, you know." What do you think of that, yeah. Taylor?
1: I I think that's awesome. I think that is a great carrot for to dangle in front of yeah. the uh, in front of the listeners who have not yet yeah, left a – review for the show and yeah. i'm wondering if i have left a review for the show <laughs> so i might be the first one while we're I taping everything. i don't
0: think i have but by the way uh i will leave the it's an itunes rating i will or apple podcast rating i will leave the link in the show notes so if you, if you don't like, i don't know where to go it seems hard i'll go to the show notes hit that link boom it'll take you to rate to give it a five-star rating and bump us up to 500 all righty perfect and then i will mm-hmm. the, the second we hit 500 taylor the second i see it I will publish it right there on the public feed. All right. Here we go. Uh, for the mini-challenge, the queen scramble to prepare for the runway mini-challenge. Nolly points out that Kamora is notorious, notorious for taking a very long time to get into drag. As the hosts sit ready to start filming and the queens wait in the wings, Kamora is nowhere to be found. A disembodied voice calls over the loudspeaker for Kamora to make it to set or they'll start without her. Then they start and there are no problems. Okay. <laughs> Uh, then, the, then we have the looks, and we'll go over the looks in a second. But before we do, let's talk about that moment, Taylor. Let's talk about that moment when they're like, "Oh my God, is Kamara going to make it?" Blah blah, blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. What are your thoughts on that?
1: My thoughts are that she was probably a few minutes behind, but they did a really good job of editing old stock footage of the empty workroom with pictures of her feet to make it look like she was in there by herself or pictures of where they had angles of where there were no other Queens in the background. Mm-hmm. But I can say it was probably similar to, uh, as we've seen at the end of Untucks, where there's, you know, where where like, there's one or two girls that are finishing up and the cute guy would come in and go, we got to go now. We got to go now sort of thing. And, and as they're trying to get their shoes back on, or they're trying to lace each other back up. I can't imagine a world in which they let her just kind of stay behind while everybody else went forward. That just, that just doesn't happen.
0: All right. You, you just mentioned Untucked, right? <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm.
0: You've seen Untucked. Okay. Yes. These girls have not just one, but multiple wranglers who control them wherever they go. Also, the, that, that runway is on another soundstage. Right. So they wouldn't even leave her behind. They wouldn't be like, oh, okay, well, we'll, we're going to, you know, turn off the lights when you leave, Kamora." No, those producers (laughs) would be like, bitch, get your fucking ass in a dress right now, right? And we're heading over to that soundstage. They would not even go to the soundstage until she was there. By the way, they're on another soundstage. What good would going over a microphone of a PA system on a different soundstage (laughs) where she's not even at? Right? Right. On a different subject, where she's not even like, Uh, come on, please get uh, to the set. She's not even there. How? She wouldn't even hear you. Right? One, two. Do you think, in what fucking universe, do you think that RuPaul sits and waits for them? Right. They wouldn't even call RuPaul and Michelle from their trailers until everything's ready. It's not like, oh, RuPaul, we'll just get him there. Just come here and sit there. No, those <laughs> bitches are waiting there for 30 minutes before RuPaul walks on the stage, right? right? So it's not like RuPaul's like, oh, I don't know where anybody is. What's going on? I don't right. know what's happening. It's time for me to look at my watch and yeah, go wonder you, where oh everyone's at. That's so weird. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they would not, they, not until Ru, you, RuPaul would have fired everyone on that fucking soundstage if she would have been waiting there. They're like, why you didn't have everybody ready when i got here it's fucking <laughs> roll let's go fucking you know they did this i shit have too. fracking contracts to sign why am i sitting here? Yeah. <laughs> do you think my land's gonna frack itself <laughs> anyway uh uh the other thing too is um i don't remember what it was anyway oh no they did they pulled the shit before remember this one actually was more consistent do you remember in season six, there's a thing where a door wasn't gonna finish her dress on time, Yeah. and they go to break, and yeah. she's like, "I don't know," ah! and then they come back from the. There's no reference
1: to it at all whatsoever after they come back from the break. I, oh my god, I totally forgot about that, but yeah, you know yes, what? I remember that completely.
0: You know what's so funny? There's nothing to do with anything.
1: <clears throat> well, here's the place to talk about that. back yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My sister in law and my niece, who's 13 now, they say to me that they go, "Guess what? We started watching." drag race season one it's okay it's weird and i'm all like and i wanted to almost say oh no you gotta jump to like season five but i I'm like oh, mm-hmm. i gotta either hope they don't because then imagine my sister's like well you know your uncle has a very popular podcast about RuPaul. let's listen to him i'm like i don't like to drink cum from plates you know <laughs> <laughs> i like my cum to come from the source
1: and my niece uh, is like, naturally store organic. I want organic. cum on these, yeah. on these pallets. Yeah."
0: And John Paul sent me waffles covered in cum. They would both turn to ice <laughs> and then shatter. <laughs> right, my brother, uh, my my wife and my daughter are in little tiny pieces on the floor. What happened? Uh. Uh, okay, so let's go to the actual <laughs> looks here. <laughs> so I'm trying to delay them as much as possible. Oh, you should watch season one multiple times
1: you should watch drag you i'll buy the seasons for you you watch those just spread (laughs) it out as long as possible you should watch camp on kiki (laughs) all right
0: uh okay the first look is called lady um you know what let me actually put the little music on here the little uh looks music uh taylor i you know
1: i have zero thoughts
0: on any of these looks
1: but uh do you have any thoughts on the looks I watched I watched them again this morning. Um, I was a little distracted because of the dogs last night. But mm-hmm. uh, I thought that the looks were solid. I liked the night looks more. But I definitely have thoughts about each of the looks. If you mm-hmm. say the name, I could tell you what I, re- what oh, I yeah. remember I can about them. Actually just, like I, a, this
0: is what uh, I can tell you. Uh, first up was Denali. She was, by the way, I, I like to give credit where credit is due. New thing this season that I didn't ask for that uh, – uh, producer Luke Samen is doing he's giving me the, the order with just like a slug line of what they were wearing so I have that now okay. my disposal. All right. so, uh, first up we have Denali with a blue dainty doll dress
1: uh, I was not a fan of this look I know she said it was an homage to forget-me-nots which apparently is the state flower of Alaska Oh, not the disco I song? thought that it was what? Isn't there like a disco song
0: called forget-me-nots? go ahead yeah Forget Me Nuts yeah. which they
1: used for the Men in Black they, they took a sample yeah, for the Men in right. Black song Will Smith. Um, and oh, now you're getting now who sang that I don't remember it doesn't matter um, I did not like the look I thought the look was bulky
0: on it yeah coming at you here with a warm 85 degrees here in California we're going through some uh, global warming here but uh, what the hell we're going to have a lot of fun here we go Patrice Ruchet is her name of the person you're thinking about. Oh, there, I would never guess that. Patrice Royale. <laughs> I like to call it. Uh, by the way, nothing shows how old we are that she says, Forget me not Tomorrow. Isn't there like a disco song? <laughs> <laughs> and then they pull it up. All right, sorry, go ahead. What were you saying about the.
1: Um, it's, I, I just, I wasn't. This look was of her three looks was my least favorite look of the
0: night-hmm all right very good
1: uh, next we have Rose with a paper doll dress i loved this look i i we've seen it done before but i thought i loved the color i loved the geometric print on it i was for some reason crazy about the wig mm-hmm. the weird like almost like motorcycle helmet round wig mm-hmm. that she had um it, she reminded me of somebody and i can't think of who it was but it was very i loved the look um i i wasn't necessarily a fan of the purse and the the name across the ass but I guess she was trying to do something that made it a little bit more memorable. Yeah. Rememberable. Memorable. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, uh, yeah. So, but it was, it was okay. But I mean, I, but the, the purse was okay, but I like the dress.
0: All right. Next we have Tamisha Iman wearing a red caftan and harem pants.
1: Uh, your thoughts here. This was very, um, this, this was, this was very Palm Springs, mm-hmm. uh, Beverly Hills very California I have a pool and I have a pool boy that I'm having an affair with um against my very old husband who's having an affair with somebody else sort Mm -hmm. of thing and I don't care it was it just felt felt very felt very 80s excess um just sort of uh, I I loved it with the hair and pants and it was like sort of a raspberry pink color Mm -hmm. uh it's just great great look
0: all right very good next we have Utica before you say anything I rarely LOL, especially at this show. When Uh RuPaul went Attica, Utica, I literally (laughs)
1: LOL'd like so hard. That was very funny that they seem to be showing rue laughing harder more at things yeah like it seems like rue is kind of having a little bit more of a good time mm-hmm. and whether or not that's manipulation on the, mm-hmm. for the producers part or not i don't know but it it that was funny that in the bubble butt comment and, and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing was meanwhile was
0: michelle funny. looks at like her goal for the end of the season is to have at least 101 dalmatians uh <laughs> Uh all right. Utica so, yeah, Utica's wearing a colorful psychedelic print Utica with had, plastic balls.
1: Yeah, psychedelic print with balls um attached all to it and balls on the hair and everything. This, this seemed for the little bit that we know of Utica, this seemed very Utica to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I liked it. I was here for it. I, I thought it was a fun look. I don't really get how that's daytime, because that almost seemed more like a sixties club look to me. Mm-hmm. But it it was bright, it was fun, she had fun with it. It's it it, it was a great look.
0: All right, very good. And finally we have Kamora Hall. Who came down in a white Kate Middleton lunch look? I thought she looked beautiful. Um, you missed Joey J. Did I though? Okay, why well, don't I Joey J on this list? Let me so let me see. Okay. The, I can I can get you Joey J in a second. Joey
1: I know I know oh, no, I J on. But let's talk about let's talk about Kamora in her white Kate yeah. Middleton dress. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was well tailored. I thought she looked great in it. Mm-hmm. Um it felt like something you could get in a high end store, though. It, there wasn't necessarily anything that made it drag to me, yeah. mm-hmm. but it was a beautiful look.
0: All right, very good. Oh, but ha- what happened with Joey J? Sorry, sorry, I Joey missed Jay, that. But...
1: <laughs> Joey J had on a fur uh, vest and tight pants and boots, and she had no wig on with the purple with the purple crew cut hair, mm-hmm. and great. Uh, she looked like. She looked like a power lesbian dog walker in Central Park. That's kind of what I got from that, and mm-hmm. I thought she looked she looked amazing.
0: Very good. All right, now let's go to Lady. The, the,
1: the six, but it was it was good.
0: Let's go to the vamp look. We have Denali in a black machi- mosquito. That what you say mosquito inspired garment.
1: You know. I thought this was my favorite look of Denali's of the Night. I thought mm-hmm. it was beautiful. It was so different from the first look. So it definitely, like, kind of took your breath away a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I love the sheerness of it. I loved her hair and makeup. I thought mm-hmm. it was really, really pretty. You definitely, you got the story that she was telling with the look. Sure.
0: Uh, next we have Joey J in a Game, and Thrones, Game of Thrones inspired black bodysuit
1: with red boy hair. Uh, th- not a. I gr- I appreciated. I appreciate what she's trying to do there with the catsuit looks mm-hmm. and all. Um of her 3 looks, this was probably my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um but I I think Joey J is hot as as a boy and in drag. So I liked looking at her, but it felt very it felt like something that we've seen. I I feel like it's something that um oh, oh god what the hell's her name? Beverly M- Monica Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. I feel like she wore something like that on season 6.
0: Mhm. All right, very good Uh, I don't know what you're talking about Rose (laughs) came out in a um, Alexander McQueen inspired red and black peplums with skirt and hat Uh, What what were your thoughts on Rose's outfit?
1: She's the one that had the sort of lampshade cage face mask thing on Mm -hmm. that was that the outfit itself, the actual silhouette of the outfit was awesome, but that hat cage hybrid thing made Mm -hmm. the outfit. It was a very, very cool look and I I really, really liked it. High drag. High drag. All right.
0: All right. Tamisha Iman in a black glittery gown. Go back. Wait, let me do it again. A black glittery gown with hair this doesn't make any sense Uh, yes no
1: it was was, dress was made of hair it was 84 inches of hair and Uh then there were parts of it along like the chest plate and stuff that were glittered Uh um almost like a like a chest plate okay all right uh she was she was doing an homage elvira Uh um with this look and not my favorite look of the night from tanisha I, i it was not it felt bulky, which has to get its hair. So, I mean, obviously, it's all going to lay on top of each other. or It's going to look neat. But I I thought that it didn't do justice to her body. It kind of made her look a little poochy in the front. Mm, Yeah. Uh,
0: Next, we have Kamora Hall with a simple black dress with cross necklace and red hair.
1: Uh, Kind of getting sort of vampire Susan Sarandon from uh, The Hunger look. Uh, I... I, I thought it was great. You know, mm-hmm. I would have liked if she was kind of going for the vampire thing, which it felt mm-hmm. like that's sort of what she was doing. And those were the jokes they were making. I almost would have loved to have seen if she had in little vampire teeth.
0: All right. Just to kind of go
1: full on, just like not like big, huge, like Halloween fangs, but something just something just enough to where it's that extra detail that would have put that over the top.
0: Very good. And finally, we have Utica with an Edwardian burg- burgundy gown with large collar.
1: I loved this. I loved yeah. everything about this. I thought it was, th- this is another example of like, this is high art drag to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and not necessarily what I was expecting because the first one was so silly and fun. Whereas this mm-hmm. one was high fashion to me and very couture. And I, I thought that she looked amazing.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, Taylor, uh, let me fade out of here. This is the point where we're going to take a break, okay? And when we come back, okay. we're going to jump into the rest of the episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do for an extra hour in the day? I'll tell you. I want to write more in an in, in an previous life I uh, was a writer wanted to be a writer all that jazz you know wrote things and then it seems now that I podcast which is a a, a great creative outlet by the way I just write less and well I do write a lot I just I don't know why I'm going on about this I write less I don't write creatively as much as I want to now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever is coming up for the show and if I had an extra hour I would spend it writing, and that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy, and it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full-time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were and I benefited from therapy and I think everyone can benefit from therapy and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's designed to be flexible and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with Better Help. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. Yeah! Alright! Back in the... <laughs> <laughs> Back in the workroom, after the mini-challenge, the queens return to the workroom to drag Tamisha reveals she's won around 95 pageants out of the more than 200 she's entered. She also confesses that she's 49. She doesn't say that in the Meet the Queens, does she? No. Which is funny because one of the rumors, I shouldn't say it's true or not, I don't know, but one of the rumors is that because of COVID and all that stuff, and they didn't do the Meet the Queens until like way after the season was done. So all the queens already know what happens by the time they do it. So like that means she know, she maybe she forgot that she said her real age during the run of the okay. show because uh <laughs> that's not what she doesn't meet the queens. Um, okay. Um as the other queens talk about their ages, Tamisha declares that her biological children are older than all of them. Uh, next RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's maxi challenge the queens will perform a number to Phenomenon by RuPaul each queen will write their own original verse and work together to create choreography as the girls discuss the choreography Tamisha fades into the background despite her experience letting Denali, Joey and Rose take the lead Taylor your thoughts on everything that happened after the mini challenge uh, leading up to going into the before we go to the choreography part but like everything that happened there
1: the Tanisha stuff, um, i had made reference to this before that I was not necessarily a big fan during the Meet the Queens. I just sort of it was kind of like, OK, I don't get why she's here. And I understand to some degree now why they picked her, um, because they're trying to I feel like they're trying to highlight old school drag a little bit. Um, I feel like that, that is somewhere she definitely represents that in some way mm-hmm. and does so in a way that is very regal and, and re- re- revered. I mean, you know, when she talks about all of the kids that she had and they talked about, um, Tandy, Iman Dupree, mm-hmm. and they kept showing the video of the, which, which we've all seen mm-hmm. of her falling from the ceiling during that, uh, I need a hero, uh, performance. It, You kind of, it kind of helped us all to fall in love with her a little bit, I think. And she kind of came off very motherly and shows, you know, her, she show, she, it gave her the opportunity to really kind of show her dynasty and show who she is. And I feel like she is going to be one of those people that got a lot of new fans just from last night's episode. I know I am more of a fan than I was when they first interviewed her and even in the first episode of, uh, first episode of the season.
0: Let me ask you a question. Because as we know, she declared this in the first episode. She was originally slated to be on season twelve, uh-huh. and then she got her cancer diagnosis and had to drop out. How do you think she would have done on season twelve? If you had a
1: guess, if you had to speculate, um, I think she. Do I think she would have won season twelve? No, but I could see her be. I see her definitely being in the top half. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know that I would see her being in the in the bottom half of sure. a season like that. Sure. I feel like she is going to get a you know, and I know nothing about the order or anything, but I feel like she is going to get a um edit similar to similar to Latrice, mm-hmm. in that she is just kind of one of these beloved figures that, you know, you kind of Hope that she'll go all the way, but I think she's just old school enough to where they won't let her get all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. Like she, I could see her, I could see her finishing like fourth or fifth. Mm -hmm. You know? I also feel like she's sort of like you know. Last week we talked about the fact that Olivia Lux was you know like okay, well, well they've got their Miss Congeniality. I don't know that that's necessarily the case anymore. I feel like there there, there could be a horse race between three of the girls for potential Miss Congeniality. Oh, very season. interesting. And,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, and I and I think that Tanisha is one of the one of the three. Interesting. Depending on how she does the rest of the season.
0: Uh. Alright, very good. Now let's talk about this choreography part where they were, this is before we got there, going actually plays out. But when they're all talking about how they because I'll be honest with you, uh, I was almost going to go back and watch this part of the show again because I was taking notes and I was like, maybe I missed something. But then when I saw uh, Luke's notes, Luke, our producer of the show, and I noticed that he didn't mention it, so I'm going to ask you cuz they go to commercial after this and then they come, when they come back in commercial we are in the choreography part did they anoint did they anoint Denali the choreographer of the bit cuz when we come back Denali like they the choreographer
1: that they ne- they never actually showed them doing that but i definitely got there where well, she kind of came in and immediately started trying to take over
0: and even says during her confessional like these girls are talking i need, i need to get doing i need to get to work you know i'm like oh I did. So that's why i was like did i i'm taking notes did i miss them saying okay you be the choreographer
1: no, if they did, they missed that because they were too busy editing all of the various times that they were all saying, well, can we do this? Can we try this? And, and overlapping them in such a way where it made it look like, I mean, just short of where they're showing, um, they're sh- showing Camora, uh, you know, on a side angle with all of the mouths kind of like slowly yeah. floating in, like an old 50s movie of all, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> she's getting overwhelmed. Like, like that's sort of, they were definitely trying to do that. That to manipulate you into just thinking it was nothing but Denali and Rose and Joey just talking over each other the entire time.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I didn't know what was going on there, but um, but so then so then let's actually go into the next segment. Um, for the Max Challenge rehearsal, Denali takes the lead. She just walks in and she's like, "Okay, we only have sixty minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, i she's fucking Bob Fosse all of a sudden, right? And um. But Rosé and Joey jump right in to get their two cents and Tamisha stays quiet, Kamara's overwhelmed and everything appears to be a mess until the more experienced queen jumps in to set everyone straight. What was your take on this whole choreography act?
1: It was, uh, we've seen this with every choreography where they have to work together and there's inevitably at least two that argue over what should be done and how things should be done. Um, I thought the idea of utilizing because they knew that Kamora wasn't necessarily a dancer, trying to utilize her in ways that still allowed her to stand out, but not necessarily screw up everybody else's dancing was a smart move on Joey's part. And I thought that when Tanisha did her, you know, where she just kind of took over at the very last couple of minutes of it, it, that that is sort of the where she was doing it in a way where – I think because they all sort of look to her as the, as the house mother, this group, they all listened to her more than they were willing to listen to each other in that regards. At least that's, again, that's the way they want you to show it because she sort of was doing the thing of where normally if they had been, okay, so when you look at this, like, um, Todrick versus, uh, uh, what's the guy from last week's name? The, the Jamal Sims. Jamal. So, okay. When at one point, I think it was Kamora starts to walk across and Tamisha says, no, you do, you stay there. We we haven't gone that yet. If Jamal had said that, if Jamal had said that, they would, they would have done it the way with Tamisha, but if it had been, um, todrick there would have been the music behind there Mm -hmm. would have been the dramatic you know no we don't do that that kind of thing and it would have been where there was the pause they would have showed other people's reactions that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so i feel like part of this may be editing on their part of the way that she was working with them versus the other girls working but i i don't know i i just like that style better of where because there was also seemed to be a level of respect and she was trying to help them figure things out versus the other girls just kind of talking
0: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm um you know it's one of these and here's my question to you taylor as a casual fan of the show and by casual i mean i have a, a highly rated podcast about this show is i can't come to nothing comes to mind for me where is where who are these girls trying to emulate i'm talking about rosie jo- rosie joey and denali in that, like, if we think about the other girls with quote-unquote uh, dance experience, like Alyssa. I never saw Alyssa do anything like this. I feel Alyssa's always sort of given her advice, but, you know, didn't go like, I'm a choreographer, I know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, who else is a dancer that we've seen before? I've, I've never seen, even Jan. Remember, Jan did really well to the dancing thing, and I, I didn't see, like, I've never seen anything like this before. So I want to know what they, were. I, well, they were trying to impress the producers of the show that they're leaders and they're trying to take charge. Um, but like, I, wouldn't you recognize like they're talking over each other
1: or, or you don't think they really were? I don't think they were talking over each other to the level that they made us think they were talking over each other. Okay. But you're also talking about now contestants, which especially we consider mm. that it was the younger girls that were doing this, whereas Tamisha was kind of just holding back. These are girls that have grown up watching this show. Yeah. So and they recognize that if they think they have an idea, that sometimes you have to push yourself forward if you feel really strong and you have to be the leader because in the end you you are rewarded with that if it goes well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and considering that the that everybody there has already been technically eliminated once, mm-hmm. I think they are trying to stand out in the pack. Yeah, you know they even kind of talk about that a little bit in the um, in Untalked where where Tamisha mentions the fact that she doesn't uh she was just kind of holding back until it was her time and rosé's like not me Mm -hmm. i was i was up there i want i want to stand out the entire time Mm -hmm. you know so i think that it's 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 that difference in it's that difference in mentality that the younger younger girls have versus somebody that is a seasoned queen like tamisha does all
0: right very good uh, moving on to Elimination Day, Tamisha worries that the girls are a little overconfident heading into the maxi challenge. Meanwhile, Kamora reveals her boyfriend isn't comfortable with her being a drag queen. That was a very odd moment, didn't you think? With Kamara yeah. and the boyfriend, what were you? You know, you wrote the um the uh, the award winning New York Times bestseller "Life's a Drag: My Life as a Drag Queen" uh, by Taylor Latte boy DDS. And <laughs> what was your take? On everything that she was saying, what was going on there?
1: Uh, the thing. Well, it may be sad for mm-hmm. her that she's in a relationship where her partner, yeah, doesn't support her, mm-hmm. you know, or doesn't, mm-hmm. or doesn't really, you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of a you do your own thing, but I don't want to know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I I've been in relationships like that before, where I had mm-hmm. interests. And you want to share them with somebody who's in your life and they are showing absolutely no interest in it. You know, Mm -hmm. like my husband has things that he likes that he likes to talk to me about. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I at least show it. uh, Does that mean I want to watch certain TV shows with him or play certain video games? No, but I'll at least listen to him talk about it. And I'll, I'll ask the occasional question. Mm -hmm. This is making it sound like she almost has to hide this from, you know, as she sort of talked about not necessarily sharing anything and on she talked about having a similar relationship with her parents and it, it was it's just sort of sad and i can see how especially if she's saying she only really performs a couple times a month because of this Mm -hmm. you know it's it's hard to really kind of go full throttle into something if you're not able to really sort of explore it and and enjoy your passion that way
0: um okay uh yeah it was you know i was i was like dump his ass bitch you know like (laughs) But, you know, there are a lot of complex... uh, In your captain with your fan. (laughs) Yeah,
1: just fucking
0: dump him. Dump him, Kamora. Anyway. uh, Yeah, that was very sad. Oh, by the way, one thing I didn't mention about Kamora, I really do think she was rushed, though. Did you see? But, you know, because, you know, after they do the... I'm going back to the mini challenge just for a second. After they do the mini, that first look, then they go back and dress, and I think she had time to touch up her makeup. But that first look, her makeup was rough. I was like yeah. Ugh. but the second time it was better. It wouldn't say it was great, but it was better. And she was at- older
1: in that first look. She, yeah. she looked she didn't really have a chance to highlight or anything. It was no. just it was one. Yeah. Just base.
0: She learned really fast that she has to uh, get used to it. Um all right, let's go on to now it's shocking here. The looks, Taylor. The category is we're here, we're sheer, get used to
1: it. So first up is Denali. Denali comes out in a white, uh, almost like a bubble skirt. Maybe it's like, sort of like a lavendery or a pearl colored. Um, very flowy, almost looks like petals. Um, makeup is a little hard, but... Oh, this was the fringe look that Joey J had on. Okay. Um Joey J had on a fringy dress, very, uh, very reminiscent of Julie Andrews and Victor Victoria when she mm-hmm. does La Jazz Hot Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about how much they liked it. I liked it too. It was kind of was sort of superhero-esque in some ways. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the makeup and I like the short hair. I can see what they're talking about, but I like it. Kamora Hall comes out in a really bad wig that I did not like with Roots, but um, came out sort of in a sheer uh, caftan uh, that is bejeweled with a nude bodysuit underneath. Um, Rosé came out in what I can only refer to as a hot plastic mess. Uh, It was a purple and pink outfit that was uh, with huge poofy sleeves that were sheer, but also had... Um, plastic, where was uh, the main part of the body was plastic. It almost looked like when you have, uh, melted soda bottles together. Not a great look. Uh, next up is Tamisha and Tamisha had on a beautiful gold dress that she made herself with a large, uh, flourish ac- uh, across her chest and waist. And uh, just very much a very a pageant dress, very beautiful. Hair looked great. Everything about her was amazing. This she looked significantly younger. I thought here than she did with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh The last look is Utica, who came out wearing lots of scarves, sheer scarves, with her hair up in a big ponytail and a huge scarf as sort of a knot in her ponytail, with some crazy awesome makeup that was very, very unusual. And it was uh, the kind of Dia de los Muertos say that again it was kind of Dia de los muertos-esque kind of yeah there definitely was sort of that as well but mm-hmm. I think that it was a I just I just think it was awesome I think I think that I, Utica was one of those queens that I sort of was like oh, she'll be the first one out sort of thing but the more that I see her looks the more that I really kind and the more that I listen to her I think that she is interesting and that she seems to be a very kind soul and I hope that they keep her around for a while
0: all right, very good. And those are the looks. the looks. All right, very good. On the main stage, RuPaul calls Rosé and Denali to the front of the stage and announces they're the top two of the week. Once again, the rest of the group remains safe for another round. In a lip sync battle for the win, Rosé and Denali go head-to-head to the song If You Seek Amy by Britney Spears. In the end, Denali outperforms Rosé and earns a cash tip. Of 5,000 doulas. Taylor, any final thoughts on the
1: episode? Was there anything you missed? Oh, you know, I have notes on the episode.
0: How can I even look at it? Okay, go ahead. I, I might have some the myself.
1: Thing, the one thing that I noticed that I thought was sort of problematic was when they were performing the song Phenomenon. Yeah. Did you notice that for the half a second, the first time they say the word Thailand, they immediately go to Kamora Hall? Let me tell you I was like, they did that on purpose. <laughs> Let me
0: tell you something. I don't want to say anything too much, but like knowing the spoilers that I know, they do a lot of that shit where they'll be like, wouldn't want to see who's going next or something like that. And then they flash to that person. I'm like, I know who goes next. Uh, and I'm like, oh, God. Right. <laughs> uh Okay. Um Any other final thoughts?
1: I was not a fan of Rosé's lip sync. I thought that De- Denali was the clear winner. Oh yeah, Denali was the clear winner. Rose was Rose- pride yourself on how good she is, yeah. Rose is giving me which it also kind of makes sense given what we know about where she is and all that kind of stuff, but she's give, starting to give me like Alexis Michelle body oh, yeah. filter mm-hmm. vibes. Yeah. And that's going to make it hard to really kind of root for her if she stays mm-hmm. in that in that place in my head
0: yeah you know i have a couple of things to bring up um i watched this on a service called philo which i think is just feeding commercial i don't think that they i don't think that they um have their own special feed or
1: anything i know where you're going with this because we watched it on the same service (laughs) yeah
0: and so i i just watched it with commercials because i used the commercials to then text people or check emails like that has anyone told the biden harris campaign that the
1: that the campaign's over (laughs) well apparently you can still vote early in georgia
0: yeah i was like what is going on why are they still showing us biden harris election commercials and voting and stuff like that i was like what is going on there next you know there was a reference that i thought he was explaining i think anyone under gosh 40 wouldn't understand what ross was talking about when he made the fen fen reference Yeah. Uh, RuPaul said something about, asked Ross about something about phenomena. And Ross said, Is that like FenFen? And um, I only know, because I was in college. FenFen was this diet drug that came out very briefly. I'll tell you why, because it was too successful. Because, and I knew people who went on FenFen and they fucking just dropped weight. And it was this miracle medical drug. Huh? They dropped (laughs) weight or they just dropped dead. Yeah. It was this miracle drug. People were like, "Oh my god, this is the most amazing thing ever." I think it, you had to be prescribed Fenfen, right? It was like, uh, I think it was a prescription drug. Yeah, it was. It was uh, was it? I think it was a prescription okay. drug. Yeah, because essentially, and then I'll give you a, a, a short history lesson. What it was was they'd give you a pill to take in the morning that was at, 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 uh, inherently just speed, <laughs> right? It was just giving yeah. you speed, and then they'd give you a downer at night that you took to go to sleep. And people were losing a ton of weight on it, but then they also have people who were just dropping dead of a heart attack because they were giving you speed. <laughs> so, yeah. and it worked. People were fucking just dropping weight because their their bodies were just burning calories like crazy. But then, like you said, they were just dropping dead. And that, and it, it, I, I feel it was only around like a year or two, and then it was gone. They banned it from the mm-hmm. FDA, took it off the market. So that that reference. The other thing too, Taylor, is we got an email. Uh, the other, I sent you the screenshot and it was a person, and I want to address this, uh, but, uh, we got an email from, uh, Trayvon, a person, a listener named Trayvon, mm-hmm. and he wanted to know, uh, if we saw any comparisons or similarities between what was happening, uh, with these first three episodes where the girls were isolated from each other and the famed, failed, uh, psychological experiment, the Stanford prison experiment. And I know we, we all know, You wrote the Pulitzer Prize (laughs) winning book, I Won't Stand for This, uh, about the Stanford Prison Experiment (laughs) by Taylor Latte Boy DDS. And uh, do you want – did you – I have my own thoughts on the little that I know about the Stanford Prison Experiment. But first, why don't you tell everyone what the Stanford Prison Experiment was?
1: Well, the Stanford Prison Experiment was an experiment where they had taken students, I believe it was was college College students, students, and – Half of the students were split into if if there was the scenario of where you're not you were prisoners or you were and half of the students were considered to be prisoners and the other half were considered to be prison guards or, you know, people that were in charge of Mm -hmm. the prisoners. And it was a lengthy experiment. And what they found was over time, it was creating complete changes in the community as far as people were looked down on more. People were Verbally and I believe physically like abused by some of the people that were the, the prison guards and stuff. And eventually it got to the, so bad to the point that they had to shut down the experiment. Yeah. Is that kind of the, that, that, that's sort of the thumbnail version of that's it. That's the
0: right? gist of it. By the way, if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, listener, Haley Sklans has posted a link to a podcast about the, the Stanford prison experiment. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So, and that's, I don't know that I necessarily, I can see where on the surface it looks like that. But we're not going to be where there is the perceived position of power versus if Rue said if if next week Rue says okay the winner circle group now gets to control the 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 B group or whatever that's a that's a completely different show you know but I think uh, that- yeah
0: go ahead go ahead go ahead what no, it's okay. actually closer to and you might know more about this is the one about the blue eyed children in the classroom mm-hmm. remember the one where the t- there's, there's one I think there's a video of it where a teacher I don't know if she told the kids, but was nicer to the kids with blue eyes. Uh And it inherently, it, it set up this relationship between the kids, even though it was unspoken, where there was definitely a, a group of elite children and kids who felt less than, even though it was yeah. never stated that that's what she was doing, but yeah. she was nicer to the kids. And that's, it seems more akin to that experiment, which I think is also considered a terrible experiment to do on children. But... um <laughs> But there is a video of that, too, and I think that seems closer to it. Oh, you know, someone already yeah. posted – again, Humble Pie humble in, the, in the Discord on the RuPaul da- – in the Drag Race Recap Discord has posted the video of the blue eyes, uh, brown eyes, anti-racism exercise in the Discord if you want to see yes. that video.
1: Um, so, I mean – and I also think that, again, they are setting this up to where we think that there's going to be this big, you know, rumble in the workroom – They've done that in the past where I remember season six when they split everybody up, and the first time that the girls come in, they sort of I'm surprised they didn't end the episode like this of them walking in and the other girls sitting there waiting for them. Yeah, no, but they did that at the end of the one episode. Yeah, with the the Western music. And then eventually they're all like, hey, and you like the big with the hands and all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, and I am sure that the comment that they show of Tina Burner, Mm -hmm. she makes some, you know, she makes some ridiculous. Statement, and I'm sure that they are making that look like where it's going to set up conflict between them. That's, that may not be the case. That may just be where she makes comment. Everybody just sort of laughs it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily thinking that this is anything like the Stanford prison experiment, you know, mm-hmm. but, but time will tell. Who knows? They're always, they're adding new twists this season. So maybe that's the next twist that we just don't know about yet. I think the RuPaul's
0: drag race recap discord is more like the Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Alright Taylor, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we call it a day there? That's going to do it for this episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week as we and every week by the way as Taylor the Latte Boy and I discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy
1: and myself, sashay away. Until next week
0: thank you for listening to rupaul's drag race recap have something to say email us at dragracerecap@afterthought.media. at afterthought.media for more drag race and lgbtq content support us over at patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram at Joe Batance. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.